Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C, and welcome to another episode of Life Got In The Way, a podcast that is dedicated to growing, learning, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's special guest is Meg Leahy. Meg Leahy is an award-winning therapist, coach, counselor, author, speaker, and mentor. As the founder of Leahy Learning, Meg has provided the skills, understanding, and resources to help people change their lives for over 20 years. An international ADHD strategist, Meg treated college students and adults in the Adult ADHD Treatment and Research Program in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Pennsylvania. Co-author of two editions of ADHD throughout the lifespan, she has also written numerous articles, presented expert webinars, and spoken to audiences around the world on the topics of ADHD, mental health, and education. Meg received the Best Affiliate Award for College Advising and has been named a Wall Street Journal Woman of Note. For more information, visit LeahyLearning.com. All right, everyone, you guys ready to learn even more about Meg? All right, let's go. Meg, welcome to the show. We are so happy that you can join us. Hi, Nikki. I am thrilled to be here today. Very excited to talk to you and your listeners. Awesome. We are excited to listen and get some really cool nuggets of information from you. So it'll be awesome. So, all right, let's begin. As you know, this podcast is all about um, how life got in the way. And we focus not only on our own personal journeys, but just the, uh, and we learn from our own journeys, but we helped people along the way as well. So let's talk about your story, how you started, and then we can let listeners um, in on how, you know, the information that you have and know more about your specific area of expertise. Okay, so the floor is yours. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Um, I guess for me, life got in the way pretty much right after my first job, because I think growing up, I had always been an avid reader. Reading was one of my favorite things to do. I enjoyed writing. And in my mind, I was going to grow up, go to college, become a writer, move to New York, work at the New Yorker as a writer and write fiction stories. <laughs> so reality got in the way when I realized that a, that doesn't happen automatically, and B, we sort of, the internet came along and magazines kind of disappeared. Mm. So I did work at a, a magazine in New York, and it was really interesting. I worked at a technology magazine um, where they were was in the 90s, so they thought that the phone was going to be in your desktop computer rather than, because oh. there weren't. Mobile phones weren't what they are today. Oh, so they all okay. Gotcha. Sure. Would be to have the phone integrated into your desktop. Mm -hmm. um, so they just got it a little backwards. But, um, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I worked there and I enjoyed it. It was interesting. I love being in New York City. Um, but month after month, you know, when we would write the articles and it was laying out the 
calendar and trying to fit in where all the advertisements went. And it, I just didn't feel like I was helping anybody. And I had gotten to the point in my life where I thought that that was a really important thing to integrate into whatever my career was going to become. Um, so, you know, I took the obvious next step and I um, went and started making handmade tile. Oh, yes, that is usually the next step, right? Because <laughs> um, I had been a fine arts minor when I was in college, and I really enjoyed mosaics, and I did it part-time, you know, in my free time, even when I lived in New York. And so I was thinking about going back to school and getting my MFA in ceramics, and my dad, who's very smart, said to me, maybe you should get a job doing that before you spend that money on the degree and the time invested getting the degree, so... I got a job where I made handmade tile and I did that for a year and it was really interesting. Did a lot of cool projects. Um, in Center City, there's a fountain in Rittenhouse Park and we did, we redid the tile in the fountain there because it was historic and we had to replicate it. So that was a fun project. Cool. I learned a lot, but again, found out that I still wasn't really helping anybody in any way. Um, so I gave it a lot of thought and, you know, I was like, what is it that I really love to do? And the thing that I really love to do goes back again to reading. Um, and we had a family friend who their son was in middle school and he had been struggling with reading and they sent him to a learning center and they like changed his reading level. They improved his reading in like, I think eight weeks by two levels, two grade levels um, so his dad was talking to me and he was like, you know, I can just see you doing that. Like you, you're great with the kids. You'd be great with the employees. It's just something. And so I called them and I went to work there and, um, I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot about positive reinforcement and, um, I really liked working with the kids and I wound up opening a number of different centers for them. And it got to the point though, where the clients would come in the summertime and they would make this great progress, but then come October or November, the parents would either come in or call me and say, you know, Meg, he made this great progress, and I know he can read now much better, but he just doesn't apply himself. He doesn't, he's not using the tools that you gave him. And so what I started to realize was that if you don't see yourself as being good at something, being a good reader, being a good student, being good at whatever it is, then you're not going to use those tools even if you have them right so for me that was like a light went on and i was like you know what this is where i feel like i could really help people you know to help them see who they are and what their potential is and then find their way to work towards it so i went back to school i got a master's in counseling and i started a practice where at that time nobody was really doing it where i combined the academic piece with the psychological piece and helped students realize that they could do the work and be good at it and enjoy it. And even when it's stressful and terrible to find a way to get through it. Nice. I love that. I love that. So um, for the listeners who aren't really sure what you do, tell us a little bit more about um, what you currently do, your, your current position or the basically a position you created for yourself. Um, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about your work. I, I, I love, I love hearing these stories. Go ahead. Awesome. Thanks. Um, so that practice just 
continued to grow. So I was helping students read and they, most of them were in grade school, middle school, getting organized. And then I would get calls from their older siblings or their parents about their older siblings, you know, they're having trouble in high school. And so all of these strategies and techniques that I was developing work for kids who had learning disabilities and kids who didn't, right? So it was all about organization and this executive function that they talk about. So my practice grew and at um, some point I applied to do some counseling at the hospital at the University of Pennsylvania. And I submitted my resume and they saw it in the ADHD clinic and they called me and they asked me to come and work there. So in addition to my practice, I would go and treat clinics, treat clients, adult clients, a lot of them were college students in the um, ADHD clinic. And so that is kind of how I got into the ADHD world in that I really saw what the needs were and firsthand working with the psychiatrists and psychologists who were doing the research and writing the articles and all the stuff that's happening and knowing what's true and what's not true about ADHD. And from there, um, I got to share that work with my clients, but I also started speaking at conferences and I co-authored some textbooks and webinars. And now I um, have classes and things where I, I just try and help people whether they have ADHD or not, if they're stuck somewhere, um, my superpower is pretty much meeting them where they are and helping them see who they can be and then putting together a plan like with them and breaking it down so that they can get there to have the life that they want. I love that superpower, meeting people where they are. Yes, because so many times there's, uh, there's stigmas and there's, there's uh, barriers and, and people aren't able to kind of see around those. So that is an amazing super uh, power to have. So um, as you know, October is ADHD Awareness Month for, um, well, tell us a little bit about ADHD and what it is for, for listeners who may not um, really under have a bet or may, may need a better understanding of it. And what is uh, one of the common myths about ADHD? Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of information out there about ADHD. And from the very beginning, I think ADHD has had like seven different names. Mm -hmm. So what we're at right now is um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And a lot of people, when I say ADHD, they say, well, no, I just have ADD because at one point it was just called attention deficit disorder. But now that H doesn't mean you have it. It's just the name of this disorder. You can have the attention deficit with or without the hyperactivity, but it's in the name. Gotcha. So that's, that's the first confusing thing for people. <laughs> um, and I think that so many people even people that I have who have had like many evaluations and have worked with therapists and are, you know, very self-aware and understand ADHD, they come to me. And when I break it down for them, the way that I explain it is your brain, there's all different types of intelligence. And the one way to measure intelligence is how much information your brain can hold. So with ADHD people, that part of their intelligence is usually like above average or superior. So their brain can hold a huge amount of information. The other, one of the other types of intelligence is how 
quickly your brain can process that information, how it can access it, how it can open the drawer and get that thing that you need and, you know, to move on to, to multitask, to pay attention, all those things. So what happens when you have ADHD is the amount of information that you can hold is larger than the rate at which it can process. So things lock up. And the way that I explain this that everybody goes, oh, is I say that when you have your computer open and you have like 20 tabs up, right? Those tabs are all the information that you could hold in your brain. And all of a sudden you see your computer starts going slower and slower and slower, right? Because you have so much going on. And then you get that little color wheel of death, I call it. <laughs> yeah. That little color wheel, that's ADHD. Because what happens when that comes up? You're like, oh, you know, you either get frustrated or you just like stare and wait for it to come back on or you get up and go do something, you know? So I think that's a good way. And people seem to understand that without that processing speed, you can't function at the level that you want to. So um, the stimulant medications, what they do, because there's some misunderstanding about how they work, is they increase your processing speed to match your level of intelligence. And so that helps you function um, better in your day-to-day -day living. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. I love how you broke that down. And that I think that is a very good um, um, visual and, and, and analogy um, to, to people can c connect with and relate to. So I, I see it now. And I, as I look at all the tabs that I have open on my computer right now, and I do, I go through that process. I was like, why, why is my computer going so slow? It's like, cause I got like 50 million tabs open. <laughs> right. Well, I found that like so many people have been told that they have ADHD, mm -hmm. but they don't really know what that means. Like what they know that it means that they have trouble doing things or they forget their lunch at school or they can't find their keys or, but they don't really know what it means inside their head. So that seems like yeah. something that is valuable to share with people. I think so, because there's so much speculation and, and misunderstanding about that whole idea. And I didn't even realize that ADD had, you know, I remember that acronym and I didn't realize that uh, they weren't the same. Um, I mean, they they are now considered kind of under the same umbrella. So that that's good information to, to kind of... Uh, be more familiar with it because it's been a while since I, I was like, I don't ever hear that term anymore. And that's probably why, because it's all under one umbrella. So that's cool. Yeah. They went from, they went from ADD to AD slash HD. Mm -hmm. And the slash, I think just got confusing. Yeah. Even more confusing. <laughs> so now it's just ADHD. Yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. That's, that's some good. Um, what are, have you been doing any, um, any cool projects for October, um, during ADHD awareness month? So one of the things that I, well, this podcast, obviously, oh, yes, which is yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. And then I've been doing some, a series of webinars on attitudemagazine.com. Nice. Um, thanks. Yeah. The first one was back in August and that was about ADHD and children. And then the second one was at the end of September, and that was ADHD for teens and young adults. And then I'm going to do one on Wednesday for uh, ADHD and adults. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, the other thing I was going to say is I've also been developing my own um, classes, and I have a class starting that's, um, I'm calling it the ADHD Starter Kit. So it's for people who really want to understand. It's just four classes, one per week, 60 minutes. 
they get a Facebook group where they can access me and it's a live class and just helping understanding like what ADHD is really getting into what it looks like in people's lives, what it looks like in academics, what it looks like in how to communicate healthy communications and then all the different resources for treatment and strategies and things like that. Okay. Awesome. That's amazing. I like that. Um, uh, okay. It's a starter kit that that's a good foundation for a lot of different things. And a lot of things can go under that, under that hat. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, what, I I know you had to switch, um, during your, your time where you went from, uh, kind of your dreams were a little killed a little bit because of the New Yorker experience and everything. But what, what, for you, what was the hardest part about you changing your career path? I think it was that there's this expectation that you're, and I see this with my clients, that you are supposed to know what it is you're going to do. And you're supposed to stick to that. And it wasn't, frightening or scary for me to go and try a lot of different things but it was sometimes hard to deal with the reaction of people like what are you doing now like you're going what is this tile thing like you know what you're now you're going to start your own business and you're going to drive to people's houses to help that like what so just realizing that I knew that I wanted to keep pushing forward and evolving with what I do um I think that was an important lesson that you're the person that has to keep motivating yourself to do that and pushing yourself. And there are people along the way who are going to be excited and join you and network with you and collaborate with you. And there are people who are just going to be very confused by what you do (laughs) and they're going to be okay in their lives and you're going to be okay in your life and surround yourself with people who are positive and want to help people as well, I think is, the lesson I learned there. Oh, good. good. I, I'm sorry. My microphone is <laughs> doing a thing of its own. <laughs> um, what is it saying? It keeps swinging to the side. So I'm like, we're going to go to the side because that's where the microphone wants to be. Can you hear me okay still? I can hear okay. you. We'll <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> um, so what? <laughs> so now that you have these, this new... Um, this new career that you have crafted out for yourself. And, you know, there's, there's ups and downs to everything that we do. What would you say has been the most rewarding aspect of your new role? I think being able now, so it's been about 20 years that I've had my practice. And like I said, I started driving to people's homes and then I had run my business out of my home. And then I had my first office and I had my second office and that those were exciting milestones for me. Um, But the really great thing is to see the clients over the years um, move on from me, but stay in touch and the success that they have and the lives that they build. I actually have um, two clients that um, got married last year. They both came to me Aww. when they were in high school. Wait, oh, they did they um, they both were your clients? They were both clients of mine. I worked with both of their families, oh. so they each had two siblings. I saw all six of them, and they did not know each other when they came to see me. Aww. They were introduced later in college, and um, one of the, what I gave them for their wedding present was I keep uh, a schedule, a 
journal book, you know, with my schedule in it. And I found the very first day that they crossed paths in my office. Oh, and I made the that is so sweet. I love that. <laughs> wow. You just never know. It's a small world and a big world and a small world right? all at the same time. That is amazing. That's so cute. Oh. Yeah. To work with families and people like that and to see the change that's happening, I think that um, has been the, the biggest takeaway for me. And also, you know, I thought having this, having my own office was going to be this most exciting thing. And I thought when COVID happened that I didn't know what was going to happen to my business, but I was very lucky in that everyone all of a sudden was thrilled to go virtual. And my clients that I had who were all local started referring me to clients across the country. Oh, and wow. so now my whole business has gone virtual and I can travel, you know, I can do it from anywhere, which is. That's amazing. I love that, that flexibility you have now. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, we talked about um, earlier, you mentioned about, you know, motivation. What, what would you say is one, um, I would say self-motivating tip that you would, you would give to listeners? Um, I think probably the one that helps me the most is sometimes when you get overwhelmed and there's so many, like we were talking before the podcast about how we have so many things to do. Yes. Yes. And I know that like, it's like, you just want to rush from one thing to the other. Sometimes if I even just take like five minutes and go for a walk and then all of a sudden, you know, the walking and the moving or just any kind of getting out of your space sort of helps those things kind of shake out in your head. And I come back in and I, I know kind of where I start and I feel more organized and better about things, less overwhelmed. So that would be my, yeah. A nice walk around is, a, is really good at clearing your, clearing your mind. I, 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 I do that sometimes too. Not as often as I should, but, um, <laughs> Me too, I but uh, I do, I do think that a, going for a walk is really good at clearing my, for me, it's inspirational, especially as you know, we're creatives. Um, so just, that's when I come up with some of the, my best stuff is when I'm walking and I'm like, yes, of course I don't have a pen and paper. Now I have to learn to walk with a <laughs> notebook in my, cause it was like, oh, that was a great idea. Now I was like, I got to hold on to this idea until I get home and write it down. <laughs> or have the voice recorder on your phone. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's a good one too. Yeah. So, um, cause it is funny. You're like walking along and all of a sudden everything kind of just, mm -hmm falls into place and it produces a great idea like you were saying it does it does yeah. um so you like you said you've been in this position or not position but you've been doing what you're doing now the consulting and everything for about 20 years now thinking back when when you first started what do you wish you had known now that wish you would have known then what you know now wait did i say that right what do you wish you would have known then when you first started that you don't, that, you know, that would have helped you along the way. Um, I think the worrying about the future isn't going to change the future. <laughs> what you're doing is what's going to change the future. Right. But that worry doesn't help you get it done. No, no, no worries. Worrying is, worrying is, oh my goodness. I just think about all the things I worried about. <laughs> growing and you're just like right? it did not change any outcomes whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen so i i like mm -hmm. that just you know 
Stop worrying about the world. And, and I bet you no one worried about a pandemic and threw that in the mix. <laughs> Um, I I love how you uh, talked about that despite, you know, the pandemic and you feeling that your business was going to suffer because you you had an outside office, right? Yes. Yeah. That was, you know, that was something that made me feel like, okay, I've I've made it. I'm a professional. I have a professional office, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's funny how that really, it was a nice feeling, but that wasn't what made me a professional. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and the, it took COVID for me to see that. Yeah. Cause you're thinking, okay, I got, got a nice office, got a nice window here and everybody's going to come in. And then it's like, COVID, like, wait a minute, what do I do now? Nobody's going to come in. But I love that it was able that you were able to at least see the vision of going virtual and how much it has not only you know, it kept the business continuing, but it enhanced your business because now you can, you can talk to someone in California. All you got to do is schedule it. And that's the part of, um, I, you know, of course you hate that, that COVID and everything happened, but I love that it opened up eyes and and ears to, to different things and, and connecting with different people like this podcast. You know, I was always thinking like, if I did a podcast, I got to be sitting right next to the person, get a microphone and who I'm going to bring in as guests. And I really, and that was another thing that kept me from doing the podcast was like, I don't want people in my home. I I mean, that's really sad. I was like, I don't, I don't have enough money to, to have an additional space somewhere. So I'm going to do these interviews. And this is before, you know, Zoom. I mean, Zoom had been around, but I didn't know about Zoom because I didn't do Zoom, right? I didn't have a need for it and all of these things. And so now it's like, I can do Zoom. There's a Riverside. There's there's all these different techniques to have a podcast. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. This is kind of cool. It's amazing. Yeah. But enough about me. This is about you. (laughs) (laughs) So um, throughout your career, a lot of times we are we're mentored, we're inspired by people. How important is it for you to have mentorship and inspirational people? How important has that been for your career? It's been really important. Um, I think that I've had some fantastic mentors um, who have helped me out along the way. One of the very first was um, a speech and language professional she did um she would refer a lot of people to me when I ran the learning center and I my whole thing was like anytime I meet anybody interesting I you know pre-covid would say let's just go out to lunch you know I'll take you to lunch and get to know you and so that's how she and I got to know each other and she would send people to the clinic for me and we were at lunch one day and she was always very she spoke very quietly and she just leaned in and she's like you just need to go you just need to start your own practice. Oh, and I was like, what? I love that. She said, you'll be full by August. And I think this was like March. She's like, if you leave, you'll be full by August. You'll have a full ledger of clients. And so I did it. She was right. And uh, I have her to thank for that because she was very supportive for my early years. And she introduced me to a lot of other professionals and things kind of grew from there and one of the other mentors that I had, uh, he found at the ADHD clinic at Penn, Dr. Tony Rostain. He's fantastic. And we get a lot of emails from people, you know, sharing things outside of session. Mm-hmm. And you can take a lot of time and 
and effort and energy getting like sucked into those emails and what should, and I used to worry about how do I reply? And he said, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about emails like that. I get back to them. They come into the office and we deal with it. And now that just like those two sentences from someone can just really help you figure out how to deal with something. You know, now I see an email like that and I'm like, you know what? going to be calm about it. going to send them. I'll see you in the office on Tuesday and I move on and it's fine. I love it. So sometimes it's, yeah. Yeah. We create things in our head and it just takes someone to say two sentences to you. And you're like, oh, wait, and, and, prof have to handle that. and professors are really good for the two sentence responses. Like when I was in grad school, that was one thing that was, was really, you know, you, you're pouring out your heart to your professor, like a whole paragraph and a half. And they're like, that's fine. Professor A. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> So I was like, you know, <laughs> they have so many things going on. Yeah. They can't get back. And I think as I've grown and realized that I have too much, I, you get it, you see it later on, but at the time, and I work, you and I both work with a lot of college students and they're so afraid to start an email to a professor or yes. anybody. And you, it, and it, it gets me like you, 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 sometimes it could be, a a situation between a, a higher grade and a, and a, a a feeling great. I'm like, you know, you're telling me your life story right now. And they're like, and this happened and this happened and this happened. I'm like, did you tell your professor? Well, no, I don't want to seem like I'm making excuses. I'm like, your life is a, that's not an excuse. Like you had some really, a lot of stuff happen. And that's it. Like the professor has no idea. That's not an excuse. That's life, you know, and they, we understand that. You know, things can happen and and then, you know, finally got the, the students to courage enough to say something to the professor. Uh, well, one of many students that happens a lot of times. And then they they yeah. they get a good they get a, a response and they were like, wow, thank you for pushing me to reach out to them. I was like, yeah, because you just nothing's going to change until you really have a conversation about it. Now, are there people that use it? Yeah, some people now they do. They do milk it, but we know who the, they are. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. I'm like, well, how, how many times? Because, I mean, this whole grandfather died thing. Your grandfather died about five <laughs> times already. <laughs> Just like, like we know we speak to each other. <laughs> the advisors speak to the, the, the parents. The parents speak to, you know, we speak we speak to your the professors. We know each other. Yeah. If we're going to use that excuse, make sure you haven't used it in like four other classes in the last two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true so true yeah yeah and i try to explain to my students i'm like professors are people too like they get up they put on their pants in the morning sometimes they don't get their coffee on time or their kids are running around like they have their own issues too so they're gonna understand that whatever it is that's going on if you can just explain to them mm -hmm. they'll at least listen to you yeah and that's that's the coolest thing so I, I I applaud your um, what you're doing and and you're bringing awareness not only to you're not only helping people who who suffer from ADHD or or have those um, times when they're not being heard, but you're also educating people who are not as knowledgeable and and maybe giving them a more understanding of someone's circumstances situation so that they can um, they can navigate it better. So I, I applaud, and this I think this is such a a unique concept of just advising, and then you know working with a, a group of students who normally, when people would not 
really pay attention to them or give them necessarily the best advice in terms of how they should navigate their their uh they're looking for colleges and, and things like that. So I, I'm glad that there is someone out there like you who is helping our young people um, navigate this world, especially when they don't understand um, or others don't understand. So that's, that's an amazing thing too. So you've done, well, how about that, uh, that tiling? Are you still, do you still, cause you know, they said that the use it or lose it. So are you still, um, <laughs> I'm curious to know, are you still doing the tiling, <laughs> you know, keeping that craft handy there? <laughs> um, well, there was a time when I was pricing kilns and I was, you know, considering purchasing kilns and sticking to it, but it, there just isn't enough time in the day anymore. Um, so sadly. I, I feel you. I used to draw and my mom was like, that was your real talent. I'm like, mama, I'm writing books. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of other things. Like I have other talents, Like, but she was really big on me drawing and she wanted me to go to art school and do all these things. And I was like, oh, wow. I liked, don't get me wrong. I like drawing and things like that, but I like to do it for fun. And when I'm forced to sit here and not draw what I wanted to draw and draw things that, why am I drawing this fork stuck in a styrofoam cup? I don't want to draw this. <laughs> so, you know, things like that. It takes the magic out of the creativity. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but I also, also learned a great deal um, about those uh, different projects and stuff. So those were cool too. So, mm -hmm. um, okay. Um, I have what we call a quick little, I do random round questions. And these are just like okay. cool little questions so that, um, listeners can get a little, uh, a better feel for you as well. So one of my questions is what is something that makes you smile? My dog. And we didn't even talk about author. What? Yes. Oh. Let's talk about author a little bit. <laughs> Author's like Instagram famous. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Um, Arthur, I got about six years ago. And he is the most fabulous dog ever. Um, I mean, other people have dogs that are fabulous, so I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But to me, he's the most fabulous dog ever. Um, he loves coming to the office. He did during COVID or before COVID um, and greeting all my clients and then sitting with some of them during their sessions, you know, because he does the therapy dog thing. And um he loves to travel. He goes on the airplane. It's oh. one of his, he loves to sit and look out the window. Um, he enjoys fine dining. He likes to go to restaurants. <laughs> yes. And... I'm sure he probably has all that on Instagram. <laughs> oh, he's living a better life than me. <laughs> he really, he's living a better life than me. Like, we were out to dinner the other night and everybody, so many people came over to see Arthur. We're walking out of the restaurant and a 12 top is yelling, good night, Arthur. We love you, Arthur. Goodbye, Arthur. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Arthur, Arthur. I just, I got a, I got a glimpse of Arthur today. I was, that made my, that made my, uh, that made my heart feel. Cause you know, I love dogs. I can't have one in my apartment complex, unfortunately, but when I can, I'm going to get me a dog and I, I love, I love animals. So that is very cool. That's a very cool dog that you have. So, and he does really cool things. And he works it too. He's yeah. He just loves attention. I saw. I was like, I said his name. He's like, yes, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
it was hard on him because everybody else's dog was like, oh, my family's home. I'm so glad. And he was like, so wait, it's just all, it's just us? What? Where did all the people go that <laughs> made a fuss over me right? all day long? <laughs> so, um, okay, we know you love Arthur. That makes you smile. What are some other small things that make your day better? Let's see. Coffee. I think coffee is an important one. Um, if I get to go to the beach, that's always a great day. I love the beach. Um, I have a couple really great friends that when I talk to them, that makes my day because we get to talk about the things that are crazy in life and the things that aren't crazy and laugh about most of them. So, okay. This is one of my favorite ones. Um, What's the worst advice you've actually listened to? Ooh. The worst advice I've actually listened to. So this isn't so much. um, No, maybe that's not. That's not applicable. I'm trying to think. Um, Stumped for some reason. Worst advice I actually I've stumped you. Okay. You did. <laughs> um, you want another one? I can give you another one. <laughs> sure, and I'll think about that one. Maybe we can come back to okay. it. Okay. Um, what's your morning ritual? My morning ritual is um, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I've always been a night owl. Had a great relationship with David Letterman growing up. Right. It was my... <laughs> And wait for him to come on. So yes, I'm not a super duper morning person. I need some time to myself to get organized and mentally prepare for the day. Um, so I wake up and I meditate and then I check my emails and the things that I have to do. I don't usually respond to them right away. I just go through and get an overview. And then um, I have my coffee and some breakfast. And then I start to do some work. I usually have a client or two. And by then, Arthur, um, I have to go in and wake him up because he likes to sleep till about noon. Oh, my gosh. Arthur's living his best life. For real. Oh, he, is, yeah. he was like, I am older. I have earned that right to sleep as long as I want. You come wake me up. Yeah. <laughs> I woke you up years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm talking too loudly while he's sleeping, he just will be like, <sighs> and he'll go and move to the other room. He can't take it author <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much how my morning goes okay okay well thank you i just um thank you so much for being an awesome guest today and giving us all these little nuggets and telling us all about what adhd is and breaking it down and telling us all the things that you're you're kind of doing and so in the spirit of you telling us everything you're doing what are some ways um, listeners can get more information about you? Where can they go? And what, uh, if you have any upcoming projects coming up, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Let us know what's going on with you. Thanks. Um, so I have a website and that's um, LahiLearning.com. Um, and I have a lot of information on there for people who might have questions and there are resources and things. I'm, like I said, doing some classes, the ADHD starter kit, and I'm doing classes for high school students on Monday nights who um, 
it's academic coaching to help them get through the week academically. Nice. Um, so those are two big projects right now. Um, and then I do a lot of work with Attitude Magazine. So the webinars are on attitudemag.com and some other articles that I've written are on there. And um, I think that's it for right now. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds mm -hmm. good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for all that information. I'll be sure to put it in the description. And I just want to thank everyone for uh, joining. Uh, make sure you tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. for a new episode. Remember to hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss any episodes. And until we meet again, I'm your host, Nikki C. And remember, it's time to get back to dreaming again. If not now, then when? <laughs>